Welcome, football fans. It's Suzanne and Angela. We are Hello. <laughs> we've got Suzanne on the phone this week. Um, remote. <laughs> so we're going to recap. Um, this week, we're going to recap last week's games and talk about the upcoming games. Um, <clears throat> Suzanne, there was a game yes, between the hedges this week that was last weekend that was a big deal. Um, it was a big deal. <laughs> Tennessee went to Georgia, and um, it wasn't pretty for Tennessee. I don't know what happened to the balls, but um, Suzanne, would you like to talk, have, give your thoughts on the Georgia versus Tennessee game? Um, yes, I, I was also surprised um, because hearing from different, you know, sports analysts, and I was very worried before that game because most people were picking Tennessee to win. And, you know, I know that Tennessee had like the best offense and they're very, very, very hard to defend. And um, so I was really just hoping we could keep them to 30 points or something. Um, I, I, I think that's the number I had in my head. If maybe we can keep them to 30, maybe we could get 35. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so as the game started, um, you know, Georgia, we got the ball first and then we fumbled like on the first series that we had the ball. So inside I'm going, great. This is not the way we need to be starting with these, with this great team. And, but our defense held them to a field goal. And so I was like, okay, that was a good stop. And then our offense went down and scored. But as the game went on, our defense just – I was just pleasantly surprised. Um, I feel like that game, if you really, like, watch it, it was one at the lines of scrimmage. Um, offensive mm -hmm. line, defensive line. Um, you hear it all the time in the SEC that – in the SEC, that's where the games are won and lost. And I know those are the, the players that probably don't get enough credit in any given game. But that, to me, is where the game was, was won. Um, Georgia just got the push up front, both on offense and defense. Our defensive linemen were always in the backfield. And they were pressuring Hendon Hooker all day long. And um, I... I was very proud of them. I mean, they really studied up and practiced hard and came in prepared. And the fans in that stadium, um, they just – I just feel like it was a total dog nation effort between the fans. And I can't say enough about the coaching and the players. Um, just everybody working together. I think there were seven false starts because they couldn't hear. Right. Um, and, you know, we've talked several times how the home field advantage and fans do matter. And um, anyway, so I... Um, I heard it was the loudest. I heard other people that were at the game say it was the loudest they had ever heard the stadium. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that it was. I think it was. I think they were on a mission. Um, so um, anyway, I'm, I'm proud of the dogs. I do know that Tennessee has a, has a great team. Their season, they still have a lot to play for. Um, 
but Saturday was a good day for Georgia. For sure. <laughs> well, congratulations. That was a big for win. Sure. <laughs> I said Georgia must have been watching a lot of tape because they, they certainly covered Hendon Hooker. They covered the receivers. Well, they sacked Hendon Hooker. I don't remember how many times. Um, a bunch. Yeah, it was a lot. Which, you know, I don't think we've seen that much this season. And, um, yeah, Tennessee has scored at least, I want to say, 30 points a game. Uh, uh, their average, no, I think their average was even higher than that. I mean, they were up in the 40s. So, um, I mean, yeah, kudos average, to Georgia. That was, they figured, they, they figured it out. They uh, did a great job figuring out how well, to stop. Um, we're, we have a defensive-minded coach. And he, that is his specialty. And so I really believe that he and the other defensive coaches, they just, they did, they came up with a good plan. Um, so they obviously very did. Fortunate to, to but Tennessee, your season is not over. You need to win out and then have a little bit of luck on some other teams and you may be back in the, in the playoffs. So yep. don't give up hope. Yes, don't make me get the zapper. Um, still been a great season for Tennessee. I mean, amazing, really. When you think about their coach has only been oh, there such a yep, short time. Yep. Um, yes. Well, and the next game we want to discuss is the Clemson versus Notre Dame game. <laughs> it was. It wasn't a pretty. It wasn't pretty. Um, as Dabo said, and I'm not going to use the word. It was a, just a just a butt kicking. Period. Um, we got our butt kicked up and down the field. Um, he was surprised. I was surprised. I think everybody was surprised because Notre Dame has not had a team this year that you think of normally when you think of Notre Dame. But I had a weird feeling last week. I think I said on the podcast we're still traveling and we're still playing at Notre Dame, and road games are hard. And yes, they are. And Notre Dame, you know, they're – it's sort of like I'm – not, I'm not saying Clemson is Alabama, but we've gotten to that point where I think teams circle that on the schedule. They really want to beat Clemson. And, you know, I will say after the game, Notre Dame rushed the field, and I was talking to Suzanne earlier, and LSU rushed the field after they beat Alabama, which we're going to talk about also. But um, – that's a huge that's a huge compliment in a, in a lot of ways that that somebody thinks your team is that good that they're going to rush the field when they beat you um because Alabama is always like it's always a huge victory if you beat Alabama i mean it always has been um so i kind of felt like well maybe that's the one <laughs> the silver lining is, is that we're um we've become such a dynasty they were number 4 now, uh, and I want to address, like Paul Feinbaum says, the Clemson dynasty is done. There's a lot of chatter among Clemson fans and other people about, you know, firing the OC. The, the OC stands for offensive coordinator. Firing the defensive coordinator. Do we need to get a quarterback out of the transfer portal? Um, you know, and I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh. You know, we are still 8-1. And say after after one game. Oh yes, Paul Feinbaum said the dynasty's done, and I, I think that's a little overreaction. I think that's a little dramatic. Um, yes, yes. However, 
I just have when I was I mean, I was so disappointed to see some of the Clemson fans on social media talking trash about, you know, some of our players and some of our coaches. And I mean, just I'm just I'm just here to say I trust Dabo Sweeney. He is not only a great person as a Christian man, as a motivational speaker, as wanting to to train those kids and do the right thing by those kids, but he is a great coach, and he has proved that. He has taken us to win two national championships, two. That is not easy to do. And so many people were being negative, and I just had to say that. I mean, I know that Dabo said he was disappointed. I know all the Clemson fans are disappointed, but it's – you, you, it's hard to win every game. He also said that in the post-game conference. It's hard to win every single game. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing I love that he uses, and I try to use this in life, is the windshield mentality. You learn from it, you grow from it, and then you get back to work and you look through the front windshield at what's ahead of you. And I love that. Um, mm-hmm. You just have to look ahead. You can't wallow in what happened you have to you have another game coming up and you just have to look in the windshield so we were 14 and 0 before that and no one wins every game so i completely trust abo sweeney i know he has proven that he knows what he's doing in my mind oh absolutely and i'm just going to let him make the decisions about the quarterback i'm going to let him make the decisions about everything and i'm just going to keep my mouth shut because he has earned that in my opinion. And you know what we forget as fans is these coaches are with their program, their players, their team every day. That's like right. They're, they're there when they're working out in the strength and conditioning room. They're there when they're probably eating meals with them. They're on the practice field with them. They're watching every play they do at practice. So, they know these players and they're around them and they know their strengths and weaknesses and they know what they can do and what they're capable of, you know? So right. you're right. That's very, that's probably for all of us fans. We need to trust the coaches that are getting paid millions of dollars to coach because they really do know what they're doing. The, um, well, the ones like Kirby smart and Dabo who have proven that. And right. also let's talk about a, another coach, Nick Saban probably one of the greatest coaches in football history. Yes. And I, uh, I mean, Alabama fans and a lot, a lot of, you know, analysts are just going nuts about, you know, the Alabama dynasty. And I'm just thinking, are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> but I think as fans, we get very spoiled. Yes. I, I think we get so spoiled and it's almost like winning is just sort of expected all the time. And, you know, I, uh, I just, I agree with you. He is one of the best coaches and that fan base, I think of all the national championships that they have won over the last several years. And, um, you know, they may be going through just a little hiccup right now. Um, you know, but again, that is definitely a coach you're going to trust. I, I would. Um, yeah. but I mean, I can't yeah. believe what I'm hearing this week from some, you know, fans and from TV analysts. And I'm just like, the man has proven himself. 
you know? Absolutely, yes. So that's yes. another game. LSU beat Alabama yes. this past week. So Alabama now has two losses. So they are basically out of the college football playoff talk right now. So that's what's making a lot of Alabama folks upset. And I get that. You know, Clemson's out now. It's it's upsetting. But you've got a great program. You've got to – do you realize how many teams would love to have a coach like Nick Saban or Kirby Smart or Dabo Sweeney? Yeah. And um, – Exactly so right. I'm just thinking, let's all look at the bright side a little bit here. Um, so LSU took them down at the very last minute with a field goal, right? I, I no, uh, well, no, it was. Um, oh, the two they went for two. Yes, it was an overtime. That's right. Um, so it went to overtime, and um, Alabama went first. They scored, got the extra point. Then LSU, it was their turn in overtime. LSU scored, and instead of just kicking the extra point, um, their coach decided to go for two. He said, "I don't want to play anymore. We're gonna, we're just gonna win. We're just either we're gonna end it right now." Right. And so they lined up, and they made it. So they won by one point in overtime. It was exciting. So, I did actually watch that the end of that game. It was late, but it was a great ending to that game. And I'm not I didn't have a dog in the fight, but it was a really good ball game as far as Yeah, it was. Because I was. really expected Tennessee and Georgia to be a better ball game. I thought it was going to be more competitive. Um but anyway, any other games from last yeah. week you want to discuss? Um and the only other thing I was gonna point out is um Texas beat Kansas State which I guess you'd consider that maybe a little bit of an up upset. Um, North Carolina State um, beat Wake Forest 30-21. Yes. So, um, anyway, those were all the games that we picked last week and uh, and the outcomes of them. So, And Kathy Buckner won our contest. Of, she got their most picks right. Way to go, she Kathy did. Buckner. She did. She absolutely She was prepared. Did. That's why. She did her homework. <laughs> she absolutely did. So So they came out last night, Suzanne, with the college football playoff committee. The college football playoff committee meets every Tuesday night at seven o'clock, I believe. Um, and they come out every week with their new uh, updated top twenty-five. And the top four teams at the end are the ones that go to the playoff. So last week, Tennessee was number one. Right. This week, Georgia was number one, very deservedly. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Michigan State. No, Michigan. Mich Michigan. Sorry, I had Michigan State. Right. I was thinking of you, Kimmy. Um, Michigan. Then number four, TCU breaks into the top four because they're undefeated. And then Tennessee right. drops to five and Oregon drops to six. Now, that, I don't know if they drop, but they're number six. LSU might have even moved up one or something. Yeah. LSU seven, US, USC, that's South uh, Southern California, is number eight. Alabama dropped to nine and Clemson dropped to 10. Um, so, anyway, um, the only thing I'm going to say about that is you and I have talked about this before is they talk about the strength of schedule and they said, oh, Clemson dropped to number 10 because of the strength of schedule. So, I looked up. University of Southern California schedule. They played one ranked team, Utah, number 20, and they lost. 
Clemson has played, has beaten three ranked teams, and now we did have a huge loss to Notre Dame. But And I'm not saying Clemson should be in the playoffs. We're out. But I just find it odd. They're, it's so subjective, some of these criteria that they use. Yeah, I, I really – I we talk about it at our house too. Um, it really – it w- really would be helpful, and I think just get rid of a lot of confusion, a lot of doubt, and a lot of just, you know, just doubt um, if they would come up with criteria like just written out criteria of like the order of importance of these different criteria like if if you know one of the criteria is wins against ranked teams that could be a criteria strength of schedule could be a criteria you know whatever they they deem important but have it written down and follow it for every single team the same exact way. And I just really believe that if, you know, and and it's something you can show to the football audience out there. This is, this is what we're going by, you know? Right. Um, Right. So. um, And I think, again, we've talked about this. I think this, that's another reason it's going to be good to go. uh Uh-oh. Okay, so sorry about that. We had a little computer glitch. Um, we had a glitch. We had a little so, no, glitch. We were just talking about the criteria, and it would just be very, very helpful, I think, to everybody um, if they just had that written criteria that everybody could see. Oh, that's how they come up with this. Yes. That's how they decide. Yeah, because it's kind of like the, the, the secret meeting of 13 people, and we're all like, what's going on in there? you know and they do explain it a little bit but it's it's not it's it's not like it should be but we're coming up hopefully on the 12 team playoff which i think you and i both agree would be fun would be good it will be good because teams can play it on the field that's right and you know that's right so all right so um do you want to talk next about upcoming games or do you want to talk about our this week's terms it does not matter to me angela let's talk about this we i don't think we did this week's terms last week because we had our special you know guest pickers that's right um that's right and that was that was our special treat for the week um this week as we've said before on our podcast one of our target audiences is people who don't really know a lot about football, but would like to know more. Um, and I count myself in that, in that, in that category. Suzanne knows way more than I do and probably ever will. Um, but I'd like to, you know, it's more fun the more I learn about it. And one of the things we have talked about and that you probably hear on when you hear the announcers talking about the game is the term blitz. B-L-I-T-Z. So I'm going to let Suzanne explain what the Blitz is to our listeners. Okay. Um, Actually, I am no football expert. I just, um, I am lucky I've got uh, my husband around me and different people that are kind enough to explain terms to me when I don't understand. Um, And then I can start looking for it myself when I'm watching games but in very 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 simple simple terms 
um, a blitz is on defense. It's your defense. Um, and you have your defensive lineman, that first line um, on defense. And then in back of them, you have linebackers. And in back of them, then you have your secondary, your safeties and corners and, you know, your, all your um, secondary defensive backs. Um, so, and, you know, there's 11 players on defense and there's 11 players on offense. And you can use them to do different things and achieve different purposes. So a blitz is when you are bringing extra people other than your defensive linemen, you're bringing a lot of people to rush the quarterback. You want them to just be able to go straight past those offensive linemen and get back there and get pressure on that quarterback and maybe even sack the quarterback. And a lot of times it's because of numbers because an offensive line will have five players so if you're bringing seven defensive players, you know, they're five can't block seven. Um, and so it, the numbers bring, make it so that the, the defense probably can get into the backfield to get pressure on that quarterback. Right. Now, the problem is and we've talked about is you better make sure that you get some pressure on that quarterback or affect him in some way, because when you're bringing extra people up, that means other people on the other team are left on one-on-one -on -one matchups and, or, you know, just not covered the same way because you're using that player to come up and pressure the quarterback. So it's, um, it's something that you pick and choose the right times and moments to do it. A lot of times you see, it seems like you see, the blitzes where they come in and really come at the quarterback um, on third down and longer yardage because the quarterback probably going to pass the ball and getting back there having all being able to pass. You want him, you want to get to him. So anyway, that is just a very simple way to explain. That's what a, very, blitz a very good explanation from Suzanne. She has the teaching background that helps us understand. Um, so yes, what, what she's saying, uh, she, you cut out just a little bit there, Suzanne, but um, okay. it's um, the, the danger is uh, the way I understand it is because you're taking players out linebackers right. or, or I don't know if they use the safety. Right. The if you're committing them to the blitz to come up, then you are leaving like on for the other team people either in one in one matchups or maybe someone that's not even guarded that well because you're using extra players to come up and guard the quarterback or you know get to the quarterback for the blitz so it can be risky yes. you know so you've just really got to make sure like i said i really think um you know coaches teams they pick their times right. to do that um okay. I noticed that that um, Georgia blitzed Tennessee a good bit on Saturday. So I thought that was a good time to explain that. that yes, um, they did. They and were then trying they to played. stop Hendon Hooker, I assume, 
and um, or put pressure on him so that he can't, you know, score, can throw a, yes. a pass and create. A yes, touchdown. because they they are so dynamic and those receivers are so fast and, um, you know, so you got to do something to disrupt that rhythm. Yeah. Good at it. Um, so. And another term, I was listening to our podcast last week. I try to listen to them so I can see, you know, what we what we say or whatever that maybe we could explain better. And one of the terms we talked about last week was something about having depth on a team. And I thought Suzanne and I could talk about the importance of depth because I don't think I understood that when I first started watching football. Um, you know, teams will say like one of the things that Clemson used to say was we too deep and stuff like that. So depth on a team, Suzanne, is important. <laughs> yes, um, very. And that what that means is your number one, per your, your starting quarterback is a strong player or, or any position. The second right. person is a strong person. The third person and the fourth person. So you've got people, you've got players that can take the first player and the second player if they get hurt. Um, you've got the next man up who's also a good player. Yes. That is yes. called And depth. not only that, but, like, think about, you know, in those games where it is really hot um, or, you know, those games are taxing on the players. And so it is good to have a rotation going. Right. And so even though you have your starters – you're still, those starters are not going to play every minute of every game. And they've got to come out and have a little rest and get water and all that. And so you've got to be able to send in people to take their places. Um, and so, yes, it is very, in fact, they'll say that, um, you know, <clears throat> a team, lots of times you can tell the team with more depth in the fourth quarter um, because, the ones that have been substituting and, you know, they're a little bit fresher. They, they're able to wear down the other team, you know? Right. Um, so it's very important. I told, I think you told me Kirby switches the defensive players in and out a good bit on Georgia. Is that right? All the time. So they that, play so, a, ton, yes. a ton of players. Like I, I can't even remember. Like I think on Saturday they might have. I don't know. It, it's a lot of players on offense and defense. They're just constantly. It's just well, and again, you know. that's important because then you have players that aren't getting so tired, that aren't getting hurt as much. Um, you're not like if you've got a good player that can swap out with the other player. Absolutely, you're, it's it's a huge advantage. Um, yes. So anyway, just wanted to explain depth a little bit. Yes. Um, yes. And now we're going to talk about the upcoming games. Oh, righty. Is it week 12? Are we on week 12? Well, I have week 10. Is that wrong? The reason I'm saying that is every team, you know, plays 12 games. Okay. Well, we're not and there yet, are we? We're not at 12. Like Georgia is 9-0. and Clemson is 8-1. and So do you see what I'm saying? Like that's nine. So I'm going by like how many games they play does that make sense so we've played nine games right so i'm going i'm saying this is week 10 but i know they've all had a bye week too they've all um, had a i think it's week 11. so it's week 11 i just I'm, looked it up okay 
So we're up, we're coming, we're finishing up week 10, starting week 11, because you're right. The bye week is what created the extra Makes it week 11. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we're okay. starting week 11. And okay. all right. The first game that I have down is we have Clemson. Louisville is at Clemson. So Clemson gets to play at home. Yes. And I'm picking Clemson. I'm picking Clemson, and I hope that this is – okay, so another thing, once a team is beaten, just like we're going to talk about Tennessee in a minute, it's, it's really important how you respond. Um, I heard Dabo Sweeney say in the after-game conference that they said, you know, how, how do you think the team will respond the rest of the season? He said, I'll know when I see them – I'll see their eye, look in their eyes on Monday morning. And I think that shows – a team that is an elite team, if they can come out of that and move forward. And yes, um, of course, Alabama has done that. Georgia has done that in the past. Um, to me, that that's... Well, you know, Georgia lost the SEC championship pretty badly to Alabama last year. But they still um, made it to the college football playoff. And you know, then, then they ended up, you know, winning. So, um, yes. that's just an example. So that, that they really got like, it was not even a close game. Alabama just was it a butt kick. Was it a good old fashioned butt kicking like Davos? It, it was, it was, <laughs> but you know, you just have to, yeah. You well, to gotta, me, like, like I said, that that's what elite teams do. That would be hard for me. Cause I find it, I find myself, I get, you know, like, Oh shoot. Now we've, you know, I don't know how we're going to finish, you know, but that's why it's important. That coach is super important to get them pumped up, to get them back on track get back to Absolutely. work. Yes. And yes. so I will see how Clemson does. Um, Louisville has improved. Um, they are not ranked, but they certainly have improved. Well, it'll, it, they're playing at Clemson. Though, yeah. So that helps think, Clemson fans. I don't think I'm going to be there, but I hope the Clemson fans show up and they're loud. Yep. Okay. Yep. Next, what next game are we picking? Next? Okay. Let's see. Do you want to go ahead and do um, Missouri at Tennessee? Yes. Let's do that one. Okay, I'm picking Tennessee. I am too. Although, okay. as we said, this could be a trap game because Missouri gave gave Georgia, of all people, a run for their money. Well, and it's interesting. Now, I just, because of the kind of offense Tennessee runs, I, I just think they're probably going to have no problem. Um, but Missouri does have a decent, they have a, a decent defense. Because I was looking at their schedule and all their SEC games, the worst game like that they lost was by seven points. They've won a couple, but they lost to like Florida. They lost to Georgia. They lost, but, but they've all, they've been in every game is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It yeah. weren't like blowouts at all. And so, you know, feisty little team. Yes, um, they are. Tennessee, again, Tennessee playing their game, you know, I, I think we'll have no problem. But, um, I, but think, I think Tennessee will win. Again, it's how you come back. And Tennessee so far this year has looked like they are not listening to any naysayers. 
but they have they just now suffered a loss so we'll see how they come back but i have a feeling with their with hendon hooker his he's a mature you know, exactly i think he will i think he will handle that loss well and they will move on and just you know start doing their thing again i think so too i think so too and then we have georgia traveling to mississippi state road game <laughs> road games there oh, those are yes. we've, we've said this all season on our podcast because i hear the coaches talk about it it's not easy to win on the road um nope, and not. georgia is very dominant and i think they're going to win but you're going to be a, it's a night game at mississippi state and lord have mercy with the cowbells if, I know. if you don't know anything about mississippi state they ring these cowbells the, the whole game, game. Yes. and it's yes. it could unnerve a saint so i bet the georgia players have been hearing cowbells all week long so i bet they're so glad that this game is over so they don't have to hear cowbells anymore at practice okay so explain that suzanne when you say they've been hearing them all week long because this well, is something i didn't understand before i started paying attention to football um to get ready for those hard road games like because they know that the noise level and it's just it's very hard to play on the road with the fans being loud they practice with that fan noise and whatever the other teams fight song is whatever they do like they know these coaches research and know whatever they do at games they try to replicate that as best they can during their practices to prepare them up and they'll turn it they, they get it really loud so that they can be ready so and i thought um, that was interesting and another thing we talked about suzanne that i think is interesting that that i didn't even know this when i first started watching football that, that the teams have what we call a scout team. And I think we've talked about this, but it's been a while. Um, the scout team is the team that the, that like, let's say Georgia uses a scout team that pretends right. to be the offense for this past week would have been Tennessee. So right. Suzanne, right. tell them what you were saying about the scout team, what you had heard. Oh. <laughs> well, Tennessee plays so fast and they run those plays so fast in and out that, um, that they were saying that the scout team was just worn out they were like oh my gosh having to play this tempo to get our team ready this is exhausting <laughs> so so that was interesting to me that they that they mimic whatever team they're playing yes and yes. so that they can prepare for that so they have their their scout team play pretend to be the quarterback and the offensive line and the defensive line, I'm assuming, of the other team to get them ready. Yes. So yes. that the was interesting. Yep. Yeah. They um, do. They do. Okay. Our next game is Alabama at Old Miss. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. I think it'll be a good game, too. Alabama is now ranked nine. Old Miss is ranked 11. Yep. And they're playing at Old Miss. Is that right? Yes, at Old Miss. Okay. So so what do you want, Angela? Who are you taking? Ooh, that's tough. You pick first. I'm picking Alabama. I don't know. They're playing at Ole Miss. Yep, they are. And Alabama's looking awfully vulnerable lately. Um, yep. I'm going to pick Ole Miss. Okay. All right. Angela's going with Ole Miss. With Lane and Kiffin. I <laughs> Hey, there you go. Um, Tennessee's the favorite. Is, 
Yeah, exactly. Um, the next game is Washington at Oregon. We, on our podcast, we try to pick teams from all over the country, not just stay in, you know, down south or whatever. So this is sort of the game out west. It's two ranked teams, Washington 24 at Oregon number six. Um, I'm picking Oregon. Okay. Yeah, they're playing at Oregon. I'm going to pick Oregon too. Okay. And then the next one, this will be a, this is a big game. that has a lot of implications. Um, TCU at Texas. And TCU is four and Texas is 18. Yes. A lot of a lot of analysts have picked Texas to win this game. And Suzanne, I'm going to be honest. I don't really understand why. Um, I haven't paid that much attention to text to the Texas team and, or the TCU team. I haven't watched that many games, so I'm not sure. And maybe you have some thoughts on why Texas, why all the analysts feel like Texas is going to beat TCU. The only thing I have heard, and again, I have. I'm like you. I think when all these SEC games on, that's when they're playing. And I haven't been able to just sit down and watch one of their games, but I have just heard different football analysts say that TCU doesn't have a very good defense. So I don't know if that's it. Um, I don't know. I don't either. But, um, and I wasn't under the impression that Texas was very good this year. I mean, I don't think they've, they've been well, very good. Like last week, they played great. You know, they beat. Kansas State, who was ranked. So it's a mystery team. Remember, we had I, LSU was yeah. one of our mystery teams, Suzanne, and look how good they're doing. Look how good. People thought so, they'd completely written them off. Yep. Um, so te- Texas is kind of a mystery team. Um, I, I don't know who you're going to pick. I think I'm just going to go with TCU. I, I, you know what? I just feel badly for them because no one, no one seems to have faith in them. So I'm just going to pick them. <laughs> no one believes in TCU. <laughs> so, so am I like, I, okay, TCU, you just do I see it. you. We see you, TCU. We see you. This is hard, but you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick. Uh, okay. So here's, I'm going to pick Texas, but. Here's the implication. You want to talk about the implication? This is a huge game. Well, TCU's number four in the college football playoff. If they lose, they're basically done. So that's why it's a big. That's why it's a big game. Um, so. Um, right. So you know, a lot TCU. of Tennessee fans are rooting for Texas this week. That is true. That's very true. And I'm sure that a lot true. of Alabama team. Not a, a, I don't know, Suzanne. Do you think there's a chance that Alabama could make the playoffs with two losses? I really have to think that one through, but I don't know. And I've even heard people talk without about LSU making it. Well, but without going to your your championship game, that would be really hard to get in with two losses. I'm yeah. I'm just thinking, really, because LSU's had two losses. That would be yes. No, I I. That would be a uh, You know, I guess surprise. we should never say never, but I, it, it, it would, it's going to be very difficult. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult because I don't think they can make it to the SEC championship. So if you're sitting there with two losses and without winning a championship, I, you know, you got both those things going against you. So, um who do you think I mean, is going to be in the SEC championship? 
Well, um, I'm hoping Georgia. Yes. And then I am thinking probably LSU unless they flub up. I mean, unless they just so, lay in there. <laughs> so Georgia from the finish east. Because uh, my husband is home, so I'm going to have to finish up because he'll come in here and. <laughs> he'll, he, he can be our guest picker. Okay. No. Um, well, that's we're pretty and much done. It. Yep, that's it. Y'all have a great week, and we'll talk to you next weekend. Next Bye, week. football fans.